0: Okay, so in this series, we've been looking at what it is to be a Jesus follower. And we've talked about the fact that following Jesus isn't the same thing as knowing about Jesus. And it's not the same thing as even believing in Jesus. And it's not the same thing even as having a relationship with Jesus. Following Jesus means we follow Jesus. right? That's what it is to be a Jesus follower. It means we follow him. It means we go where he went. And we do what he did, and we live like he lived. And so First John, John 2, 6 says, those who say they live in him should live their lives as Jesus did. So we've been looking at kind of the model of Jesus and how Jesus lived and how Jesus gave and how Jesus served. And if we're his followers, we'll give and we'll live and we'll serve like him. So today we're going to look at a really big one. We're going to look at how Jesus loved. In John 13, uh, Jesus gives us what he calls a new commandment. It's a commandment that transcends all the previous commandments. It's a, it's a commandment that, that encompasses all of the other commandments. It's a, it's, a, it's a commandment that that supersedes and transcends and encompasses all previous commandments. And here it is, it's John 13, 34. He says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other and your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. So obviously this is a super important commandment, right? Because the way we love each other is the way that we show that we belong to Jesus and it's it's like, it's what differentiates us as Jesus followers from the rest of the world. But I got a question for you. Um, Jesus called it a new commandment, right? Was it? Was that a a new commandment? Because I'm looking back 1,400 years before that in Leviticus 14, 19, it says, love your neighbors as yourself. As I read through the Old Testament, loving people is law. All through the Old Testament, Jesus even said that the whole Old Testament, the law and the prophets, the whole Old Testament hangs on this idea of loving God and loving people. So, What's, what's new about this commandment to love each other? I think this commandment is not just that we love each other. This commandment is about how we should love each other. So did he, what did he say about how we should love each other? How did he say we should do it in that verse? Yeah, we should love like he loved us. So it's it's about how we should love each other. So the, the way we live and the way we give and the way we serve, obviously hugely important. But the way we love is how the world sees Jesus in us. And how we love is how people are drawn to Jesus through us. So even if we get everything else wrong, we have to get loving like Jesus right. So, in keeping with my sermon plan, as a preacher, I'm drawn to these one-word descriptions and alliterations and all that good stuff, so I really was gonna say, okay, we're gonna nail down a description of how Jesus loved, and I'm gonna be able to say, just like, he lived in community, and he loved sacrificially, and he gave, and he served humbly, and I really wanted to have, like, the one-word thing, and that would just be so brilliant, and great for T-shirts and stuff, and posts on Insta, so that would've been cool, but it was a lot harder than I thought. Um, to come up with a word about how Jesus loved. And I, so I sat down, and I started writing, and I came up with 129 words. So it's going to be a long sermon. Because um, what I learned is, like, almost any positive adverb is true about how Jesus loved. Right? Jesus loved compassionately. Jesus loved faithfully. Jesus loved beautifully. Jesus loved wonderfully. Jesus loved completely. Any positive word that ends in L-Y will work, right? Jesus loved gently. He, Jesus loved practically, indiscriminately, quarterly. Jesus loved retroactively. Jesus loved parsley. <laughs> Jesus loved Bruce Lee. I mean, it, it's hard, right? That's how, what we're going to do. It's too many words. And so I thought, well, I'm going to smoosh them together, you know, we're going to combine some, we're going to prioritize, we can't get to all of these things. And so I finally got it down to my top seven, and that's as low as it's going. So I thought instead of working further to cut it down more, let's just start. Uh, I'm going to give you my top seven ways uh, that Jesus loved, and it's definitely not the only ways Jesus loved. It might not even be the best ways that Jesus loved. And maybe I've been influenced by this week, but especially this week, especially in this season, these are my top seven favorite ways that Jesus loved. And I think if we call ourselves Jesus followers, then we're gonna wanna love people in these same ways. So it's seven, we gotta go really fast, okay? Here's number seven, Jesus loved hopefully. Jesus loved hopefully. First Corinthians thirteen seven says, love never gives up, it never loses faith, and it is always hopeful. And I think this really shows up in the way Jesus loved because Jesus loved broken people. Almost exclusively, right? Because they're all broken. All of us are broken. And Jesus just had this amazing way of seeing the best and even the worst people. You know, it's like he loved their potential. He he loved what they might be. He loved what they could be. He loved what they would be. And even when nobody else could see that, um, he called Peter the rock, while Peter was still acting more like the jerk, right? I mean, Jesus loved him hopefully, right? He loved what he was going to become. Uh, Last week we talked about this story where his disciples were arguing about who's the most important disciple, who's gonna get to sit next to Jesus in this place of you know position of authority or whatever when they get to heaven. And remember Jesus went up to them and he said, you know what, you guys are idiots, you're fired, clean out your locker, I'm done with you. Remember that? That's not what he said. That's not what he said. He said, listen, some leaders fall in love with their position and with their title, but it's not gonna be like that with you. You're gonna lead with integrity. You're gonna learn what it is to be a servant leader, and that is what happened. They did turn out that way, but when he said that, there was no sign of it being true. He said it wasn't gonna be like that with them, but it was like that with them, but he knew how these guys, when they were inspired by his model, when they learned from his teaching, when they were filled and empowered with his spirit, he loved who they would become. He, he loved hopefully. And think about Jesus' love for us. I mean, even when we weren't that lovable, Jesus loved us hopefully. Right? Romans 5, 8 tells us that he died for us not once we got holy, right? He died for us while we were still sinners. And I can prove it. Um, how many of you, before you were Christians, you were just so perfect and pure and holy that you're pretty sure jesus just recruited you to like bring up the level of the team (laughs) zip right nobody because he he came for us and he loved us while we were lost and while we were broken and while we were sinners he loved what we would become as his followers jesus jesus loved us hopefully and i think If we wanna follow him, right, if we wanna love people like Jesus did, we have to learn to look past people's faults and try to see their potential. I think we have to learn to look past their humanity and see that they are created in the image of God. And if they're Christians, they have the spirit of Jesus. If they're Christians, they have the spirit of Jesus living inside of them. And I think we have to choose to see that. So when your spouse makes the same mistake that makes you crazy, right? When your teenager is just unlovable, right? When your neighbor is just on your last nerve, then if we wanna love like Jesus, we have to love hopefully. Number six, Jesus loved compassionately. Man, when you read through the stories, J- Jesus really saw people, you know? He saw what they were going through, he, and he, 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 he felt something when he saw people that were hurting. And what I think is amazing is that he did, Jesus didn't just watch people suffer from a distance, you know, he didn't just sit up in heaven and look down with sympathy. He was so moved by his compassion that he chose empathy. He chose that chose that. He chose to come and experience our pain and our suffering and our hunger and fatigue and loss and betrayal. He, 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 he felt such compassion that he chose to join us in that pain. Now, Matthew 9 talks about him going around. Remember, he's t- teaching everybody. He's healing everybody. And verse 36 tells us why. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and they were helpless. And I think loving like Jesus means seeing the struggles and seeing the pain of other people and having enough compassion, so much compassion on them that we're willing to join them to, to offer them help or offer them healing or offer them prayer or just offer them our time just to cry with them? Um, There used to be a third day song, uh, When the Rain Comes, it was called, and the lyric was great, it said, I can't stop the rain, but I'll hold you till it goes away. That's loving compassionately, seeing and, and caring about the pain of others. Jesus loved compassionately, but he also loved practically. He also loved practically. His love wasn't just this, you know, touchy-feely, emotional, philosophical, oh, I feel your pain. He didn't just, he didn't just feel people's pain. He also did something about what was hurting them. I mean, Luke 4.18, he said he came to bring good news to the poor, to bring sight to the blind, to bring freedom to the oppressed, to bring healing to the broken. While Jesus was walking around on earth, his, his love was not just this mystical, philosophical, you know, spiritual thing. He, he showed up, his love showed up, practically. He, he served people, he helped people, he fed people, he healed people, he rescued people from a storm, he helped people fish, he cooked them breakfast, he washed their feet. He touched people that needed to be touched and he encouraged people that needed to be encouraged and he lifted up people that were down and he made time for people and he listened to people. Like, Jesus really loved people practically. If you, if you would ask somebody, even now, but especially then, if you would ask somebody like, that's been with Jesus, does he love you, then they would say, yeah, absolutely, yes. But then if you ask him a second question, if you ask him, how do you know How do you know that he loves you? Then they could tell you about how they had experienced his love. Not just in ideas or in theories or in philosophy, like in skin, right, in in action. Jesus loved practically. Uh, A few years ago, Bob Goff wrote an amazing book with a perfect title, Love Does. That's really good right there. Love does, he loved practically. He didn't just say he loved us, he did something about it. He loved us compassionately, and that compassion drove him to love us practically. Does that make sense? So like here, for a great example, um, every Wednesday morning we have a team of about 20 people, and they spend their whole morning uh, sorting and sacking up and passing out groceries to families in our community that need some help. So yeah, they love those families compassionately, but they also love them practically. If we wanna, if we wanna love like Jesus, it can't just be in our minds, right? It can't just be in our hearts. It can't just be in our mouths, right? We, we have to love people practically. Um, I would ask you this, if somebody if, if somebody were asked if you love them, and they said yes, how would they do with the second question? If we said, how do you know that they love you? How have you seen it? How is it manifested, right? How does your love show up practically? Number four, Jesus loved truthfully. Jesus was super compassionate, super kind, very gentle, but he loved people too much to lie to them, And he told them the truth, even when it was hard. Um, in Matthew 23, he called out all the religious leaders for being hypocrites. And he, he called them, he called them whitewashed tombs. What a, wow, I mean, that's like, that's pretty harsh, right? You're, you look great on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of death and decay. He loved them. But he loved him truthfully. Remember when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, Hey, you know, what do I got to do to inherit heaven? And all that? And Jesus said, Well, oh, I'll keep the commandments. He goes, Oh, I'm good. I've already kept all the commandments. Jesus didn't say, Okay, then you're good to go. Right? He said, Now I got, <laughs> got some bad news. Right? There's something that you haven't done. And Jesus loved that man. Jesus loved that man, but he loved him too much not to tell him the truth. He loved truthfully. Um, Matthew 7 21. Jesus warned us that not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. He loved us too much to let us think that lip service was all it takes to be served. He loved us too much to let us think that lip service was all it takes to be saved. He loved truthfully He's, Paul specifically said in Ephesians 4 that as we become more and more like Jesus, right, as we mature in our faith and our walk and become more and more like him, one way it'll show up is that we will learn to speak the truth in love. And, and um, you may come to a time in a place with somebody that you love that the loving thing to do is to tell them the truth, and you want to do it in love. But it, it, might, it might be a lot easier just to not to say anything but if you're a Jesus follower, you will love them truthfully, truthfully. Uh, Number three, Jesus loved indiscriminately. (laughs) That's a word I haven't used for a while. Jesus loved indiscriminately. Um, Jesus loved people the way I paint walls. (laughs) When When I paint, you know, the paint gets on the wall, but it also gets on the ceiling, and the floor, and the carpet, and the light fixtures, and the doorknobs, and my clothes, and inside my shoes, on the dog, back of my neck, right? And Jesus, Jesus kinda slopped his love around, right? Kind of indiscriminately. He didn't just have a small, specific, like, target group of people that he loved. He loved everyone. And Jesus showed amazing love and respect for women and children. And in that culture, it was crazy. That was, that was unheard of. Um, he loved the religious and the irreligious. And he loved Jews and Gentiles. Uh, he even did healing miracles for Roman soldiers. Think that one over, right? He, he loved and hung out with and ate with tax collectors and prostitutes and criminals. Um, there's that story of the woman at the well. You know, that story in John 4, Jesus, like the disciples and him are going around, and they're going to go to H-E-B. They leave Jesus at this well, right? And so he's sitting there, and he's talking to this woman, right? So this, the disciples come back, and here's Jesus talking to a woman, which is really like beneath him, right? He shouldn't be doing that. And then they find out she's a Samaritan. And they're like, they can't believe it because the Israelites hated Samaritans. But Jesus loved people nobody else loved. Jesus, even, even, even unlovable people, right? Even untouchable people. Um, there's another really cool story in Matthew 8 about lepers. How many of you had leprosy? Very few, right? It was a pretty big deal and especially a big deal then because not only was this a horrible disease where parts of your body are literally rotting and falling off of you, right? It's just horrible, horrible, painful, miserable existence, but in addition to that, it was just so um, contagious that they anybody that became that got leprosy, they would like be completely ostracized, right? They would kick them out of the community. Like if you lived in a family in a house, you had to leave your house. You had to leave your community, you had to like live on the edge of town, and like people, kids were scared of you, and nobody would go near you, and they had all these rules like, you would have to tell people like like a sign around your neck, you know, unclean or whatever, and so people would have to stay away from you. If you can imagine living like that, not bad enough that you're dying of this horrible, miserable disease, but not a single person, is willing to come in contact with you. Not a single person is willing to even have a conversation with you. Not a single, but not even your own family is willing to even touch you. And this, this, this leper goes up to Jesus in Matthew 8, and, and he asks Jesus to heal him. And Jesus does healing. But first, he does something just as amazing, and that is he reaches out and touches that leper. That might be the first physical contact that he had had with a human being for years. People called that guy untouchable, right? People called that guy unlovable, but not to Jesus. His love like, slopped over to everybody, even unlovable people. Jesus loved indiscriminately. And look, here's the hard cold facts, right? Some people are easy to love, and some people aren't. Don't elbow somebody. I can see you when you do that. <laughs> don't do that. I can, I, you think I don't see you? I'm looking right at you. Don't. <laughs> some people are unlovable. <laughs> right? That's, some, people are, <laughs> some people are hard to love. That's, just, that's the truth. But if we want to follow Jesus, right? If we want to love like he loved then we can't just love people that look and act and live and and believe and behave like we want them to. And we can't just love people that look and act and live and believe and behave like we do. And we can't just love people that are easy to love. If we want to love like Jesus, we have to love indiscriminately. Number two, Jesus also loved passionately passionately, so a lot of people call this week that we're starting today, um, Passion Week, right? Passion Week, um, I'm pretty sure on TV you're gonna see a lot of reruns of the movie, The Passion of the Christ, right? And But like that's a word, but do you think about what that word means at this time of year, that the word passion means? Because the meaning's kinda changed over the last couple thousand years. Um, for us, it's it's come to mean something like, um, like acting in the heat of passion, right? Acting in the heat of passion. That's when you have this feeling, and it is so strong, right? You know what I'm talking about. It is so strong, I feel it so, I can't control myself, right? I, I have to act on this thing, and I, I, I'm just gonna be transparent with you. I had an experience with this this week. And Margaret's not here this morning, so I'm just going to tell you, it's kind of embarrassing. It's a little bit personal. You guys can handle it, right? Yes or no? Okay. So, um, this is kind of embarrassing. Okay, so the other day, um, Margaret gave me a gift. Remember I told you about those golf balls that I love? So she gives me this sweet gift of these golf balls that I loved. And it was just, I don't know, it just did something to me to see that she loved me that much. You know, and she just gives me this thing and I just looked at her beautiful face and I just saw the love in her eyes and this feeling of passion just like rose up inside of me. And I had this like uncontrollable urge and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't stop myself and I acted on it and I played nine holes. <laughs> and I. I broke 40, which is good for me. So, <laughs> okay, that didn't happen. It's, it's not, remember, it's not a lie, it's a parable. Okay, it's, it's something that might have happened, could have happened, but it didn't happen. And if you're a pastor's wife, let this be a lesson. Never miss church. This is what could happen to you. So, what are we talking about again? Oh yeah, so we've we've come to think of this word passion, right? We've come to think of it as like this powerful emotion that just urges us to act. And that's not a wrong definition, especially in modern English. But in the original biblical language, passion has to do with suffering. Passion has to do with like um, enduring something. Um, 1 Corinthians 13.7 says love endures through every circumstance. And actually both of these definitions apply really well to the passion of Jesus because he loved us so much that he acted on that love, right? Without really even caring what it would cost him or how much it would hurt. And then number two, he, he suffered, he suffered. Um, when I think of how he suffered, um, when I think of like the betrayal and the humiliation, and the lies that were told about him, and the beatings, and the whippings people were punching him, and pulling the hair out of his face, and, and spitting on him, and like if you watch the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and I, you know what I always think when I watch that? The whole time I'm watching that, or the whole time I'm reading about that, I just keep thinking, he could have bailed time he wanted to, Right? Any time during that, while they were torturing him, while they were lying about him, while they were whipping him, while they were ripping the meat out of his back, while they were making fun of him, while people were spitting in his face, at any stage between his arrest and his death, he could have just said, you know what? That's enough, right? I'm, I'm done. So just bring in a couple thousand angels with flaming swords, and we're gonna make them stop hurting me. And the only thing that kept him from doing that was his passion for you, his passion for me. He endured all things. He suffered for his passion. And if we love like Jesus loved, yeah, obviously our love will urge us to act, but it will also empower us to forgive and to endure almost anything, Jesus loved passionately. And my number one way Jesus loved, especially this week, Jesus loved sacrificially. And so I'm like, what does that mean, right? His love for us cost him something. Um, It cost him his place in heaven with his Father. It cost him his pride, Uh, it cost him his comfort, it cost him his life, Jesus loved Sacrificially. Um, in Ephesians 5.25, there's advice for husbands. It says, husbands, you should love your wives like Christ loved the church. Okay, well, how did he love the church? And then it tells us he gave up his life for her. He loved sacrificially. Jesus traded what was best for him for what was best for us. Jesus literally died so that we could live. And if we're going to love like Jesus, we have to be willing to love sacrificially. We have to be willing to set aside what's best for us and what's most comfortable for us or what's most fun for us or most fulfilling for us or easiest for us and instead embrace what's best for someone else. I got a great example of this is some of our families in this room, even right now, who foster kids. I'm gonna tell you, it is hard to be a foster parent. Dealing with government agencies, um, having just having to know how horrible some people are. It's really, really hard just having your heart broken over and over and over and giving up your time and your money and your sanity and your home and your life for a kid you don't even know. Like what would drive somebody to do that? What would, what would make somebody do something that crazy? It's, a, it's, it's sacrificial love. It's loving that child more than you love your time or your money or your sanity or your home or your life and obviously fostering is not for everybody but it's a great example but all of us who follow Jesus if we're going to love like Jesus loved it's 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 going to cost us something it's going to require a sacrifice that's what it means to love sacrificially and that's a big part of loving like Jesus loves. And that's a huge, really important part of following Jesus. How you guys doing? Doing great on time? Here's what we're gonna do. Um, who's up for something a little different? Ooh! <laughs> it's my birthday today. Who's up for something different? Oh, thanks guys. Um, so, um, we got, we got time, we're doing great on time, so we're gonna do something that's a little different today. Um, how many of you are Christians? Okay, good. So that means a couple things, right? One, that means that you believe in Jesus and you've accepted his salvation and you're gonna live forever in heaven with him and that's super, super awesome. Um, it also means that God is at work inside of you, right? That means that God is changing you and he's making you more and more like Jesus by the model of Jesus, and by His teaching, and by the power of His Spirit. Right? With me? That's what's happening inside of you. And so if that's going to happen, if this sanctification process is going to happen, and God is going to change you, and make you more and more like Jesus, He's going to need to speak to you, to tell you what changes need to be made. right? He's going to need to communicate with you, to tell you um, how He wants to make you more like Jesus, and then... This is the process, right? He speaks to you, and then you agree to those changes. You kind of lean into those changes, and then the Holy Spirit will empower you to make those changes. Is that how you guys see it? Is that what sanctification is? If you don't nod, I'll keep talking. Is Is that how it works? Okay, super good. So one reason you came to church today was probably to worship. Another reason you came to church today was probably to experience like community, or maybe you came to pray, or maybe you came for a free donut, but I hope that you also came so that you could hear from God. If he's going to make changes in you, he's going to need to speak to you, right? And so I hope that you came today to hear from God, and God usually speaks to us through his word, his spirit, and his people. That's how he normally speaks to us, right? Keep nodding, keep nodding. Okay, and so what happened today, right? Um, We looked at his word, gave him a chance to speak to us through his word, right? And I talked for a long time, and I'm one of his people. And so he gave you a chance to hear from his people. So what does that leave out, what's left? Spirit, spirit. So how are we gonna hear from his spirit? So this might seem a little bit weird, but it's not weird If you really believe that the Spirit of God lives in you, do you believe that? Okay, if you believe that, then this isn't weird at all. Um, So I gave you a card and a pencil when you came in today. Did you get one of those? Let me see. Let me see. Okay, so everybody's got one, that's great. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do something, listen, we're gonna do something that is at the same time very spiritual and very practical. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna put our seven back on the, on the board there, and we're gonna each ask God to reveal to us which one of those he wants to bring more out, like in, in me, not in me, in you. And each one of us will be saying in me, not the person next to you, or not what this world needs now. Like, what does God wanna to say to you in your spirit, about which one of these he wants to bring more out in you or maybe what he wants you to do about one of these things. And we're just going to listen for like two minutes. And for some, it's going to be, oh, this is awesome. I'm hearing from God. And some people are going to be going like, this is like the longest two minutes of my life. And that's okay. We're, we're stretching, right? We're, we wanna be, either we want to be changed or we don't right and if we want to be changed that means we have to be different that was profound right there right get ready to say amen i'll say it again okay if we want to be changed we have to be willing to do something different amen Amen. and so this is going to be different and so we're just going to listen and we're going to give God a chance. He spoke through His word. He spoke through His people. He's going to speak to you through His Spirit. And maybe it's going to be the big voice like James Earl Jones or something, you know, or maybe maybe it's going to be like the the still quiet voice that Elijah heard. Or you know what? Probably it'll just be like your mind will kind of settle on one of those seven or maybe like one of those just kind of stuck out to you or a couple of those stuck out to you or maybe just during this quiet time, you'll just be thinking about somebody that maybe you wanna show love to. And so all you'll do is like whatever you hear, write it down and if you're worried, like everybody's gonna see me writing something, everybody's got a pencil, okay? Everybody's gonna write something and if you don't, you are gonna stand out and people are gonna notice you and I'm gonna have you stand up. So there it is, okay? And so this is the process. We're going to pray. God reveals something to us in our spirit. We're going to write it down, and then you're going to put it in your pocket, and that's it, and you're going you're gonna to take it home with you, and this week I dare you to pray every day that God will help you experience and share the love of Jesus in the way that he's calling you and he's speaking you, to you to do. Is that weird? A little. A little. Um, Is it okay? Okay, it's okay to be weird. So you got your pencils. We're going to, two minutes, so I'm going to time it. I'm not kidding. We're going to have some quiet music. Nobody can hear you. Nobody's looking at you. I'm going to pray first, and then you guys pray to yourselves. God, reveal what you want to tell me today about this thing of loving like Jesus. So I'll, I'll start. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, first of all, for your model, and thank you for showing us what love looks like and and loving us so perfectly and so completely. Thank you for your love, and thank you that we can use it as a model that we can actually learn from and try to copy. So will you just, right now, we're just gonna ask you to speak to us. We believe that you're supernatural. You are above nature. You are able to speak to us through your word, through your people, And through your spirit and we're just going to ask you to speak to each one of us through your spirit will you just show us how we particularly each one of us individually how do you want us to love more like jesus and maybe it's one of these seven things maybe it's a couple of these seven things maybe it's even something different than these seven things or maybe it's a certain person that you want us to love or maybe it's maybe it's something that you want us to do But just, Lord, I just ask you now just to speak to it. We don't need a prophet to come in here. You live inside of us. You can speak to each one of us. And so we're going to take two minutes now. Father, will you just speak to us? In Jesus' name. Okay, that's time, so take those, put them in your pocket. You don't need to share those with anybody that you don't want to, and I'm gonna challenge you to literally this week, every day, pray for God to lead you and empower you and show you chances to love like Jesus. Okay, before you go, um, Easter is coming up this week, so here is everything you need to know. Hey everybody, just wanna invite you to join us for Easter Sunday at Ranger Stadium. We're gonna celebrate Jesus with some amazing music. We're gonna look at the word and what it says about the victorious life he gives us. We're gonna enjoy some fellowship and some giveaways. We're gonna give away 7,000 Easter eggs. You do not wanna miss it. Join us Easter Sunday at Ranger Stadium.
1: Hi guys, this is Miss Amanda with your Kids Men Team, and I'm so excited to tell you about this year's Easter celebration at Ranger Stadium. When you get to Ranger Stadium, we're gonna have bags ready for your kiddos with that week's Bible lesson and some goodies. After the sermon, we'll have a huge Easter egg hunt for all the kids to participate. We're hoping to give out 7,000 eggs this year, and that's where we need your help. If you could please donate pre-filled eggs, stickers, candy, temporary
0: tattoos. We do try to avoid chocolate because it melts. You can drop those donations behind the Kidsmen desk anytime between now and Easter.
1: Thank you so much for supporting our Kidsmen team and we can't wait to see you this Easter. Easter is coming up fast, and we need your help putting on our big day. If you're interested in volunteering with us, simply head back to the Connection Center in the lobby after church, ask them for the sign-up sheet, give us your information, and we'll reach out to you about ways that you can get connected to help us serve this Easter Sunday. Another way you can help is to help us spread the word. We need people to know about what's going on at Ranger Stadium. So what you can do is share our events and posts we have about Easter or create your own on social media. Let us get the word out to your neighbors of what we've got going on on Easter Sunday at Ranger Stadium. You can also just, you know, old school invite someone to church. We're actually asking every person at our church to be prayerfully considering two families or individual that you can reach out to that don't have a place to go to on Easter and invite them out to service that day. If you have a place of business where you might be able to hang something up, we've got some posters in the Connection Center. You can grab one of those, take it to work, hang it up, help us spread the word. It's going to be an amazing Easter. Wow.
0: Caught me off guard there. Um, So, um, one, the 7,000 Easter eggs, that's out now. Um, I think we have like 9,000 already, so I don't know. Thank you for that. Um, So, Easter Sunday, we are going to celebrate Jesus and the victorious life that he brings us at Ranger Stadium. Yes, so please, please, please invite people to come to that. People that don't go to church, people that that don't know Jesus, please invite people to come to that. Um, some people have asked us what our plan is if it rains. Um, so what I'm doing, I don't know how you guys do this, I've got several weather apps, and I'm just going with the one with the lowest percentage of rain. <laughs> so that's what works for me. Um, I'll tell you what our plan is. If it rains, we're going to celebrate Jesus and the victorious life he brings at Ranger Stadium. I've sat with a lot of you guys at football games in some pretty nasty weather, okay? So something to think about there. So like bring your own umbrellas or mittens or sunscreen or flip-flops or hot cocoa or I don't know what, whatever. Rain or shine, we will be celebrating Jesus at Ranger Stadium. Yep. And then, this Friday is kind of a special deal. So like 2,000 years ago, on this Friday, um, Jesus shared a special supper with his disciples that would change their lives once they understood it. And that was this Friday, Good Friday. And so, this year, on Good Friday, we're kinda hoping he'll do the same thing with us, that he will change our lives once we really understand that supper. And so I hope that you'll join us. Uh, It's going to be at 6.30 in here on Friday, be on time. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be, I mean, a little weird or whatever, Um, but it's going to be fun. And uh, we'll have childcare for up to age four. Up to age four we will have child care. I think they could still use some help with child care, so if you'd like to sign up to help with that, that would be great. You can go back to the kids' department and let them know. But I hope that you guys will join us on Good Friday, and then I hope you'll come and celebrate with us on Easter Sunday. Amen? God bless you guys. We'll see you Friday.